When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Hacking Your Leadership. I'm Chris. And I'm Lorenzo. And Lorenzo, on this episode, I want to talk about Roblox. Have you heard of that before? I have heard of that before, yes. <laughs> they got pretty big in my household during the pandemic when my children would have had zero social interaction in the latter part of 2020 if it weren't for the uh, their iPads with their their Roblox apps. Um, that was how they primarily you know, talked to their friends and were able to kind of maintain their social circles when everything shut down. Um, the reason I want to talk about them on this episode is, you know, we, we've talked a lot about remote work and hybrid work and in-office work and the, the tough decisions that a lot of companies are trying to make with regard to what is right for their business. Is it right to have employees remote or hybrid or in office? And there, there is no magic bullet here. Like there's no, there's no right answer that fits for every person in every organization. Everybody kind of has to kind of wade this water themselves. But Roblox in particular, the CEO of the company put out a letter to the employees of Roblox just a couple days ago that outlined their plan for returning to the office. And other companies have done similarly. Uh, some have done it well and some have not done it well. But I want to highlight the Roblox uh, CEO's plan and the, the, the letter that was sent to all the employees as an example of, of the right thing to do. Th this is probably the best example I've seen of a company who has decided to return to the office and laid it out in a way that is, um, I think it is as in touch with the current culture of the American workforce as any I've seen. And um, I wanna talk about a few elements of it specifically. It is long and we'll link to the entire um, text directly to their site in the podcast description if you want to read the whole thing. But there are some specific things I want to go over in the podcast that I think make it a good a good article. Have you read this yet? I have read the article and I agree. I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about it. I think that there's a lot of things in here that um, just outside of just the context of the conversation around kind of returning to office, just the communication um, that's done the way it's done, I think is really, really good for us to talk through. The the three elements I want to talk about, and I know we love, we love kind of alliteration here on Hacking Your Leadership. Um, there, there are three Ps that kind of come to mind when I see these three elements. There is um, a personal experience that is grounded in, in potential. Uh, I want to talk about a plan that prioritizes the employee experience without compromising the outcomes. So this is this is the stated goal that we're going to do, and this is the best way to put it uh, in, in place without compromising that, but with regard to the employee experience. And then the third thing is um, kind of a, a more of a nuanced element, um, which is just permission. Uh, he He's giving employees permission to do what's right for them. There's a paragraph that I want to read from the letter to the employees. It says, I personally hoped that for our culture and our type of work, it might be possible to imagine a heavily hybrid remote culture, but there was a pivotal moment for me when we had our first post-quarantine in-person group gathering. Within 45 minutes, I came away from three separate conversations with spontaneous to-dos and ideas to put in motion. 
something that hadn't happened during the past few years of video meetings. I, I liked this because in a lot of organizations, a, a, a return to work mandate or a return to work plan is viewed out by a lot of employees as, oh, the leaders just want to keep an eye on people and make sure that they are working, make sure that they that they, they don't believe that we can get our work done at home. They want to have a, be able to keep an eye on us in the office. That's what they're used to. They're not taking into account what's best for us. There is no drop in productivity. If we're at home, it's all, it's all the same. And this, this stress is an element of the benefits of in-person work that really cannot be replicated at home. Now, are there environments where it's not needed? Are there remote environments where the lack of these spontaneous to-dos and ideas to put in motion aren't there and that's okay? Sure, I'm sure there are, but not for Roblox. That Those things are, are considered to be a necessary element of the, the future of success and innovation in the organization. I think a lot of other companies feel the same way. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, you know... Uh we can we can have a, a conversation we can have a debate all day long on specific jobs specific tasks that need to happen things that can be done at home the the travel time like, like there's a lot of things you can talk about when it comes to in office work versus kind of work from home but i think specific to the example that he shared and what he's saying with the organization is like look there is a part of this that really is driven by the ability for us to have these types of like in informal conversations kind of in the gray that are a result of just whether serendipity or it's just like even sometimes programmed innovation by just bringing people together. Um, I think that it's, you know, it, it's a great way of expressing something that he experienced in a way that says like, look, this, this, this really cemented this for me. And I truly believe this. And this is not you know, not because I think this is the quote unquote, like this is the right thing to do for our company. Like, I think you can say that, but I think the the ability to share a very specific example of an experience is so helpful in painting the larger picture. I completely agree with that. I remember being um, in uh, corporate HR for Best Buy more than a decade ago now. And I had, a, I, I was working from California, but I had an office in Minneapolis and I had to go there about once a month. And the way the office was laid out, it was four big buildings and there were meeting rooms in all four of them. And they were all joined in the middle by the kind of like quad area. And the, it was intentionally designed that way to get people to have to walk from one building to another through this kind of middle quad area where they had a coffee shop and, and other things. I, I, whenever I was in between meetings, I would like to be in that kind of quad area because of the amount of people that I came across that led to conversations and projects and work that wouldn't have happened had I not just been there and visible and, and able to see people as they walked from one building to another. And that kind of layout that promotes the social interaction or that it just acknowledges that it will happen uh, organically as long as the environment is there, I think not enough can be said about the importance of that. And so like this, this really stresses this idea that we do some of our best work and we get some of our best work done when we are in situations where these kind of organic and spontaneous relationships and interactions happen. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is the plan that prioritizes the employee experience. And so the he, he lays out very specifically what the dates are of this process, but he does it in a way that really uh, it, it, it leaves no question in the minds of anybody reading it that it was not being done for, um, you know, 
the ability to cut costs or or save on you know bonus payouts or or labor or salaries. It was done truly with the idea that hey, we want to get here, but we know that this is going to take some um, some work by a lot of people to make happen, and we don't want them to feel penalized by this process. And so I want to read a couple of elements of this of this part of the of the letter. He says, employees who are asked to begin working from the office will have three months until January 16th, 2024 to make that decision. Employees who are not able to relocate will have an additional three months until April 15th, 2024 to transition out of their roles as full-time employees. Employees will continue to work during this time with no change to their compensation or vesting schedules. This means all employees, regardless of whether or not they choose to relocate, will receive both the November and February quarterly vestings in addition to any other vestings they have during that time. So so there's clearly a calendared schedule of, you know, uh, of vestings with bonus potential and stuff like that. And you've seen examples of companies who have who have done things that that coincide with them in a way that allows them to pay out less to people because these decisions have to be made by a certain timeline. This CEO went out of their way to make sure that whatever decision was made by anybody that that wasn't an element of the decision process. It wasn't like, well, should I should I do the wrong thing in the long term because I want to be here for this particular day? It's like, no, everybody's here for these days. You will get these things no matter what you decide. Um, employees who are departing Roblox will receive a severance package based on their individual level in term of service, along with six months of healthcare coverage for everyone on their policies. And for employees who choose to relocate, we are asking them to begin working from our San Mateo offices by July 15th, 2024, and we will pay for relocation costs. So the the starting from office in the summertime allows people with children to continue to finish the school year out without having to move in the middle of a school year. So you're moving over the summertime, the relocation is being paid for, and it, the return to office is only a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday thing. It's still work from home Monday and Friday. So it's not a return to sitting in traffic five days a week. It's it's three days a week as opposed to five. So it's it's kind of like this this really happy medium of acknowledging that without these interactions, this work can't get done, but we understand that it's really hard to tell people to go back to the way it was four years ago um, when they become so used to this way of work as being part of their lives. And we know that both are facts and we wanna make sure that employees don't feel like we're we're compromising their experience. Well, I even see it as like, it's, it's not so much about, it's really hard to ask people to come back so much as that there is value here. Right. Right. Because again, like, like, I think that there's two ways that you can look at it. And I would say like the, Hey, we're absolutely recognizing that, that, that some of this work and some of the tasks and things that you have to do does not require you to be in the office. It's actually easier for you. It's easier for us. Like Mm -hmm. there's things that, that will benefit the organization to have some element of a hybrid work environment. I think that we could say that we've all learned that, um, in, in a lot of different types of ways. So like, I like that. What, what I really appreciate is just like the specificity and the clarity and kind of the like, here's the plan, here's what's going on, here's what we're going to do. It's very clear. There are dates on the calendar. There, are, These are the things that are going to happen. And here's the approach we're going to take. So like there, there's not, um, I think, all this room for sometimes like the, the – sometimes we get just too, too general – too much of like we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna figure this out and we're right. going to allow the leaders of teams to decide what's best for your t- and then it's like well now I still have more questions yeah versus just simply saying like this is it 
This is exactly what we're going to do. This is exactly where we've landed. This is exactly the impact it's going to have on you and yourself and your families and, you know, your your kind of work life style. Um, here's all the answers, right? So that you can make the best decision that you need to make for yourself. So like, I like that level of specificity. Right. The, the example you gave is is uh, leaders who want to eat their cake and have it too. They, they want to come out as being the kind of person who says, hey, we're trying to take into account everybody's needs. But but they don't want to make a decision. It, it's a it's almost a political answer where you you don't want to you don't want to turn off anybody, and so you become just completely vanilla. You 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 end up not having a stance because you believe that any stance you take is gonna you know ruffle some feathers somewhere, and so you don't have a stance. And that's not leadership. This is leadership. It's having a stance and grounding it in something bigger than just what you what you want to happen. Um, it's it's the broader needs of the organization. It's the needs of the employees. It's taking all that into account and then saying, you know what, the buck stops here. This is the decision that I have to make as the CEO, and this is going to be this will be it. And and then we'll let the chips fall where they may. And and we believe that this is the best outcome for the long term success. Will there be fallout? Sure. Uh, will there be some things that are that we don't expect that happen that make it hard to get through this? Sure. But but ultimately, we believe that this is the way forward in order to ensure the best possible you know outcomes for years to come. The the last thing I want to talk about is this idea of permission to do what's best for each employee. Uh, there are three lines that he has in this letter that I think highlight this. Um, he says this is an extremely difficult decision because where we live is a personal choice and it affects all aspects of our lives. Our highest and most immediate priority is supporting our remote employees, whom we have asked to begin working from our offices whatever decision they make and ensuring that our teams have what they need to continue to meet our aggressive goals. And while we know this is the right decision for Roblox, we recognize that it may create challenges for some of our employees, regardless of what our remote employees decide, please know that we deeply appreciate the hard work and impact each of you has had at Roblox. All three of those things talk about a, a decision, a personal choice and a decision that needs to be made by each person. And I, I think a, a lot it, not enough is made about this idea of giving people permission to do what's right for them. Uh, I, I even think it too sometimes, like the idea that like, well, I don't need permission to do what's right for me. I know I, I can do what's right for me. But hearing it being said, it lands differently than if I just think I, I think I know what my options are. Hearing that from a leader that I I have this decision to make and it's on me to make, um, it's a it's a different he, it's a different listen than um, just kind of feeling like I know it in my heart. Yeah, I think it's important for leaders to, to say that from time to time. I've been a part of teams in the past where it's like, look, things need to change. Uh, whether I'm the new leader, we have new expectations, things are going to have to change here. And that means that as leaders, we're going to have to show up differently. And uh, I want to recognize that that might be more work than we're used to. I want to recognize that there might be skills here that are necessary to be successful that some some leaders won't have. Um, I, I want to recognize that uh, there might be a history of relationships uh, when it comes to leading a team that you've been leading for a long time that you might not have the equity needed to move a team uh, through 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 change. And uh, while I want everyone and I want all the leaders to be invited to take this journey and to do this level of work, I also understand that some people won't. Some people will choose that this is not the right work they want to do. Some people will choose that this work is too hard. Some people will choose that, you know, and, and say like, maybe I don't have the skills necessary to be successful. And that doesn't make you a bad person. Um, that just that there's something that's going to happen, and I want to help work you work you through those things if they come up. I want I want to give you permission to say, hey, 
I'm struggling. This isn't the work for me. I don't know that I can do this. Let's have that conversation so I can best support you in whatever those endeavors might be if they're not going to be here with this team. And I think that's really clear what, what he's saying in this letter as well is like, look, I, I want to thank you all for the work that we've done, and and I, and I want to invite you all to take this journey with us, but I also understand that it might not be for you, and there might be reasons why this is not going to work, and um, and that's okay, and we have options, and we have timelines, and we want you to feel and understand exactly what's going to happen with your investments, with your money, with your salary. Like we Here's all the answers to all these things so that you can make the best decision for yourself and for your family and we're not going to judge you for it, um, and and we're going to thank you for your work. Uh, but but that's a decision that you have to make, not us. Like we're we're telling you what we're going to do. You have to decide if that works for you or not. Yeah, I, I think it's so important because if you d- just saying everything else the same, but not saying that, I think there's this element that people put on themselves where they think whatever's being asked of them, if they can't do it, it's they view it almost as a personal failure. And I think that leads people to sometimes make the wrong decisions for themselves. I know people who have taken promotions that in their heart, they probably knew they weren't prepared for, but because of all the hype around them getting the promotion, they didn't feel like they could say no to it. They didn't feel like they, they, they could decide to just stay in their current role and not take whatever that, whatever that promotion was. And that promotion ended up burning them out. Because it was so stressful, that type of work compared to what they were doing before, they they ended up going from loving their job to not loving their job anymore. That is really tough not to do if with, with pressures from society and family and friends and peers and, and just the pressure we put on ourselves to feel like that what, what our own definitions of success are. And so if we are defining success in a way that says we need the buy-in and approval of, of other people... And, and whatever their definitions are, we need to meet those definitions as opposed to whatever it is for ourselves. That's what leads people to, you know, take roles that maybe, maybe, maybe Roblox would have people that stayed on and moved. And now they're away from the people that they need to be closest to. And that's that added stress on their lives that they can't do. Maybe this, they, maybe they have uh, anxiety being in an office environment and they really need to be in a remote role, regardless of what that is. And now they're going to take this, this new role on and it's going to um, um, hurt them from a, an emotional well-being standpoint, because they really should have looked at a different organization with a job that was hundred percent remote, whatever's right for each person is not right for everybody. It's just for that person. So just telling people, hey, we get this, that this may not be the right thing, that doesn't make you a bad person, that doesn't make you you know, lesser. It just means that this is the way forward for us and we hope as many people that wanna come along can, but we'll, we'll help you land safely if it's not. That's, I think, where, where the rubber meets the road as far as leadership taking into account what's right for employees goes. Absolutely. And with that, it brings us to this episode's one-minute hack. But first, a few words from our sponsors. When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, 
Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. All right, for this episode of One Minute Hack, here's what I want you to do. If you're a leader and you're in charge or responsible for putting out communication regarding any type of change that, that affects other people, where you're putting something in place and, and whether it's your decision or not, and you have to communicate this to people, these three elements that we discussed today are the way to make it happen. Ground it in a personal experience that is rooted in the potential of what this change could bring about, the, the, the reasons it is necessary to make this change that is rooted in something other than, you know, uh, you know, bottom line numbers. This is about something that is kind of personally and emotionally invested by you to make this happen because you believe it's a positive. Um, next, a plan that prioritizes the employee experience. So look through the, the, all the, the high level and the details of what this change means for your employees and make sure that it's communicated in a way that takes that experience into account and that doesn't open the door to people thinking that the decision was being made um, without them in mind or without them, without understanding that this will impact them. And then lastly, maybe even the most important is you need to have conversations with your people as a group and individually to let them know they have permission to do what's best for themselves, to let them know that while there's nothing that is negotiable around this happening, that you are here to support them in whatever way you can and that it's okay to be frustrated by it. It's okay to believe that you don't have what it takes to make this change. It's okay to believe that you may not succeed. It's okay to opt out and to say, you know what, this really isn't right for me. What are my other options? And that's, and that's also okay. Um, so giving people permission to just make this decision in a way that prioritizes themselves, I think uh, is really important to any type of communication around you know high level change. If you do these three things, I think you're more likely to have employees who give their best faith efforts into helping move the plan forward, even if they're not going to be a part of it long term. Yeah, I think it's a great one minute hack. And again, I know the context of the dialogue was just around like the work from home and, and, the, and the letter. But I think from a communication standpoint, what you highlighted is so important because change is happening all the time. And, and I think what, what, what really creates anxiety uh, within people around change is some of these things like is it okay for me to be anxious and, and frustrated about the change? What, what, what exactly? What's the plan that's going on here? And in, in is my leader, you know, sharing their authentic and genuine feelings about the change and, and why this can matter and how this would have an impact? Like these are the things that when we talk about culture and building teams uh, around being very, you know, adaptable to what's going on and flexible in environments, these are things that you really have to have intention in, and it's really, really important to to kind of think through before you communicate it out. Right, and and the last thing I want to say about this too is. If you're trying to put a plan in place that prioritizes the employee experience, 
this is not something if you're if you're the one responsible for making the plan this is not something you can do alone the 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 attention to detail in this letter would be impossible for a a c-suite to do alone this was clearly influenced by people who are closest to the employees by by middle management leaders by people who could look at what this plan was and say what about this what about that they 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 could pick it apart they can add things like um wait a minute if people leave at this day what does that mean for their you know stock investments oh if people are expected to be moving in february what does that mean for the potential of their kids in the school do they get to move the, like all of these little elements that really make this the 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 plan that is as perfect as can be couldn't be done by one person. You need to have a lot of people, a lot of eyes on these plans that can really think about the fact that the devil is in the details and that whether or not it lands well and whether or not it actually does prioritize the employee experience is, is dependent on having the employee voice involved because the day-to-day -day work of the CEO and the C-suite is a very different day-to-day -day work than the people that this is going to be impacting. Those people need to be involved in the process if you want to make sure that the outcome is right. Otherwise, it will just come off as, you know, out of touch. Absolutely. And with that, it brings us to the end of this episode. This is Hacking Your Leadership. I'm Lorenzo. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.